talking about gospel listening. Uh, we've been in this series called Gospel Primer, and we've been utilizing our small groups and then that book um, to help us through the week to be putting in front of us this idea of gospel fluency. Um, how many of you are in small groups? So fair number. Oh. It's actually more than I have on record, so interesting, <laughs> small group leaders. Um, the, goal, the goal of this series is uh, for us to recognize that our, our lives, um, the small stories, the, the trips to grocery stores, uh, the conversations that we have, at work or at the gym, uh, in our neighborhoods, the times that we uh, show up in our coworkers' lives unexpected, uh, all of the small stuff along the way is actually connected to the big stuff. And a few weeks ago, we talked about that there's this uh, meta-narrative of the Bible and that it, it is a story of creation and fall and then redemption and then recreation. And if you weren't here, Kate did a great job with that a few weeks ago. You can check out the podcast. And then we spent the next week looking at our own stories and trying to find that same pattern, that in our own stories, we have stories of creation and of fall and of redemption and of recreation. And actually on that Sunday, which was really cool, um, Foster and Maddie got up and they told their stories, their stories of creation and fall and redemption and recreation. <clears throat> So, behind the scenes that week, just to, oh, I just want to tell you this, behind the scenes that week, um, my friend Elena, who shared this morning um, in the prayer time, had asked if we would pray for her brother, um, and that he was coming up from Chicago, and we said, yeah, we'll pray for him, and um, what was really cool was that you know, unscheduled and unscripted, when Maddie shared her story, um, he felt God perking his ears to listen. And, um, and then when we prayed at the end, Maddie and Andy were able to join us for that prayer time. And I think that there's something significant about that. Um, I think there's something significant about that God is attentive to our prayers um, because the email requesting prayer was that uh, was a request for us to join in what um, God was doing in pursuing um, Elena's brother and family. And then for us to kind of witness that on Sunday morning was really cool. And um, it was a reminder to me that God is listening and is active. I had another reminder this week um, I went and uh, sat with Chris and Amy at their house for a while, and 
we were chatting, and uh, we, we did a little exercise together where it can be helpful in trauma to recall trauma and to ask the question, if I drew a picture, where was God? Where was God in that trauma? And uh, what was so uh, amazing in that moment was as quickly as I asked the question, right? As quickly as I asked the question, Chris goes, oh, God was well. And I was like, it like I kind of was like, what? Like, nobody says God was bow. <laughs> Thank you for the laughter. Um, what was amazing was that Chris said, yeah, you know, Bo just sat with us for hours. And um, I was thinking about that in the sense of Bo being the presence of God in the midst of absolute trauma, absolute crisis. Chris being, to art, being able to articulate, if I drew a picture of where God was, God was Bo. And then for it to be said that Bo didn't say anything. That's so incredible to me. And it reminds me again that God is with us, that God is near, and that God is active. I say those things this morning because what I, what I want to talk about um, actually, I'm not super comfortable talking about because it's this idea of connecting the gospel message to people's stories as they're sharing them with you. I'm not a huge evangelist. I'm, I'm super relational. I like to hang out with people. I like to be together. Um, you, you would not find me on a street corner with a blowhorn, like ever. Um, it's not what I do. And yet, I believe that there is a lost, broken, and dying world, and that that isn't God's intention. That God desires to dwell with us. And that when I recognize that God wants to dwell with me, and when I recognize that God wants to dwell with others, I see that as being better than when God is not welcome. And so, although I may be uncomfortable with what might have been presented as evangelism or proclaiming the good news, I'm not uncomfortable with that. And so this morning, I wanna to talk to you and I wanna challenge you. I wanna encourage you to be people who are great listeners. I don't think our world needs more people with strong opinions. I think that we need to learn how to be good listeners. And when we're listening, that we're listening with this idea of creation, fall, redemption, and recreation. And that when we're hearing people's stories, that we're able to recognize where they are in that flow. And then we're able to ask that the Spirit would help us to join in what the Spirit is already doing. 
This to me is preaching the good news. This to me is proclaiming what is good news. So, in your small groups this week, you had an opportunity to hear people tell their stories in that framework. We did this in my small group and it was crazy powerful. Anyone else have that experience? Everyone in my small group should raise their hand because it was so powerful. (laughs) Probably the most powerful small group ever. Everyone's talking about it. (laughs) Sorry. I'm in a bad mood this morning. Sorry. It was super powerful um, to hear people recall their story and then to be able, we, we asked the question, um, so what, what was good news? Um, like what was good news to the Nine Inch Nails kid, right, who played Doom all day? And what was good news to the preacher's kid who saw the church reject them? You know, like what was good news what, what is the, the good news to those people? Because those people are us. And if we forget that they're us, then we miss out on the huge place of connection that we're able to speak out of our listening and not just speak what we've rehearsed. The goal today for me is that you'd be challenged to be better listeners and that you would have an idea of how to speak good news to others. And so this comes with a bit of a caution because there's a big difference between dismissing someone's feelings or their experiences by telling them the truth. There's a big difference between that and listening to someone's circumstances and then speaking good news to them. And most of us aren't skilled at discerning between the two. And that the difference, I realize, is not this. It's not the intention of our words in that situation. It's actually the intention of our listening. It's not the intention of our words. It's in the intention of our listening. So when you're listening, are you actually just waiting for your turn to talk? If you don't know the answer, ask the person that came with you, okay? So go ahead, ask them right now. When you're listening, are you actually just waiting for your turn to talk? And then listen to what they say when they give you the response. We laugh because we know we're horrible. We're horrible at listening. It's, It's almost humorous. I'll sit in the car with Tina, and she'll tell me a whole story. And then at some point, she'll kind of look at me and she'll go, did you hear what I just said? And I'll go, "Uh uh-huh. And she'll tell me what I just said. And I'll be like, "Um," you know, and I'm busted, I'm caught. And I don't even have to be looking at a phone. Like, just something's in my head, you know, and it's happening. And I act like I'm listening. But we want to know, we want to know there's a difference between that and really entering into a place where we can connect with people who are lost and who are hurting and who are longing for good news. I think that's the part that we forget. We think we're selling them a membership. 
when really we're beggars who have found bread telling other beggars where to get it. If empathy is not a part of our proclamation, then it probably isn't good news. You should write that down. If empathy is not a part of our proclamation, it probably isn't good news. In Proverbs, we have this word of wisdom. It says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the, learning, let, let the discerning get guidance. And I, lo- I love that. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. I, mean, I think so many of us are so quick to speak. We're so quick to prove that we're wise by speaking, right? And this proverb says, oh, let your wisdom, let your silence be your wisdom. Listen, and in that, increase your learning. I feel like it's an important message for us because I, I believe that as a church, we do want to, bring, to be good news bringers. I think that we want to be a part of the kingdom of God breaking through into people's lives. I think that we want to be those who would be known to be light in the world. But I think in order for us to be good news bringers, we do need to learn to be better listeners. And ultimately, if we're gonna become better listeners, we'll need to grow in our capacity to empathize. Watch this video, it'll highlight this for us. So what is empathy, and why is it very different than sympathy? Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy, it's very interesting. Teresa Wiseman is a nursing scholar who studied professions, very diverse professions, where empathy is relevant, and came up with four qualities of empathy. Perspective-taking, the ability to take the perspective of another person or, or recognize their perspective as their truth. Staying out of judgment, not easy when you enjoy it as much as most of us do. <laughs> Recognizing emotion in other people and then communicating that. Empathy is feeling with people. And to me, I always think of empathy as this kind of sacred space when someone's kind of in a deep hole and they shout out from the bottom and they say, I'm stuck, it's dark, I'm overwhelmed. And then we look and we say, hey, and climb down. I know what it's like down here, and you're not alone. Sympathy is, ooh, <laughs> it's bad, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, you want a sandwich? <laughs> um, empathy is a choice, and it's a vulnerable choice, because in order to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Rarely, if ever, does an empathic response begin with at least. I had a, yeah. And we do it all the time. Because you know what? Someone just shared something with us that's incredibly painful, and we're trying to silver lining it. I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So 
I had a miscarriage. Oh, at least you know you can get pregnant. I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. <laughs> John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. It's, that's online. You can watch it um, at your leisure. It's Brene Brown. Powerful, right? And when we think about this in the context of connecting good news uh, into people's stories of creation, fall, redemption, recreation, it's extremely powerful. If you, th if you think of so the story of the incarnation uh, defied all sorts of thought. Um, one, you know, if you, if you think of connectivity with God, it was never that God could empathize with humans. In the history of the world, the gods were set apart. And the incarnation, Jesus wrapping himself in flesh is probably the greatest step of empathy that we could ever ask for. And we have scriptures that say that, you know, our God is a God of sorrows and is not um, distant from our hurting. It's because of empathy. And Empathy allows us to climb down the ladder and to get into the same space as someone who's sharing a part of their life with us. It allows us to be able to speak from our experience of what good news is. And so in my group, as we shared, we realized that everybody's good news sounded a little bit different in its words, but that the essence of it was the same. So the, the good news um, for me was this, that uh, you are already accepted. You already belong. You, you are already loved because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And that to me was a powerful, powerful word of good news because it spoke against my history and my story and it brought light into it and it lifted me. When we, when we practice this gospel listening we will grow in our ability to connect with other circumstances. But the goal of it is that we would be joining them as the representatives of God. 
that we would begin to recognize that when we are in conversations, we're not a neutral party. The scriptures say that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, that we're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And so there's importance for us to enter into conversations with the intention to listen because we mirror God in that. It's funny because the holder of all wisdom is always asking questions in the scriptures. The one who knows all things is always asking questions. Like, like where are you when God's pursuing Adam after Adam sinned? Or who has made man's mouth? Or where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Or who is like me, he declares to Israel. Or when he's talking to his disciples, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Or when he's clarifying what he's about, he says, who's my mother and who are my brothers? Or when he's responding to a man in need, he says, what do you want me to do for you? God asks a lot of questions and then listens to the people's responses. And if you look real closely at the questions, they're directed at trying to uncover something that's not true. That there's some type of untruth that has been residing there. It's like when we're listening to others, we're scoping for a blockage. And then under the guidance of the Spirit of God, we're able to isolate. And then we ask the Spirit to invite us to join what God's already doing. And maybe God says, hand me the scalpel. And so then we hand God the scalpel, right? Or hold this, or ask that, or just be present. This is highlighted for me when I chat with my friends at the gym. Because more times than not, I find myself saying to them that I also do not believe in the God that they're speaking of. And usually they tell me stories about a God that disregards the weak, that protects the wealthy, that favors the powerful. Or they talk about a God that is angry and vengeful and punitive. Or a God that's distant and cold. A lot of them talk about a God that is unaccepting of the wounded or the confused or the broken. And many of them have been told about a God that gets disappointed in those who aren't strong enough and that are tapping out. But when I'm really gospel listening, the more that my atheist and agnostic friends share with me, the more I understand that I would share many of the exact same stances as them if I had experienced religion in the ways that they had. 
And in that gospel listening, then empathy grows within me. And as the empathy grows, then I'm more clearly able to consider what is good news to them. And come to church on Sunday is usually not good news. <laughs> so what is the good news? What is the good news to that coworker for you? What is the good news to that family? Because if it's good news for you, then it should always be good news for others. So here are some good questions to ask if you want to grow in your listening. They'll be on the screen. You may want to take some pictures. I just think these are great. If you think of this in the context of someone has just shared something with you, here's some questions that good listeners ask. Why is this so important to you? And then be ready to listen. Why is this upsetting you? How would God's view of you change if this did or didn't change or work out? Who is ultimately responsible for this in your world? That's a great question. How about this one? How's that working for you? <laughs> it's not judgmental. It's not dismissive. How's that working for you? You're going to get a great answer to that question. Are you finding deep satisfaction from this? From this thing or from this person? What if that goes away? The last one, do you find ultimate satisfaction in life from your relationship with God? Now that one's way more direct, but what a great question. Remember, what we're practicing and what we're wanting to grow in is that our hearts would take on the posture of God's heart. And so that when we ask questions, that we ask them with the intention to listen to the response. And I believe we can grow in the skill of empathy and of gospel listening. But I think we need to be in partnership with the Holy Spirit. I think that's the difference. Gospel listening is partnering with the Holy Spirit because God's Spirit is at work. And God's Spirit, God is calling people by name. God is pursuing people. And so when we show up in a conversation, we're not showing up bringing God to the conversation, okay? If you think that, then we need to have a conversation after this. God is already at work. God is on the move. God may be highlighting to you where God is on the, on the move. And in that, then we say, how do we join in? But the goal here is that we would ask the Spirit to give us wisdom, give us insight. What's really going on? Lots of times we can only guess what's going on. We only see the outbursts. 
or we only see the outworking. We don't really know what's happening at that deep level in someone's heart, but we can ask the Spirit to help us. And I believe for us, it's so important for us to be in touch with our story. I think so many people, it's like, they go creation, fall, redemption, never have to think about it ever again. And just like blaze through life with absolute disregard for the fact that there are people drowning. For one beggar to tell another beggar where to get bread, the first beggar has to remember what it was like to be hungry. And I believe that this in us allows us to speak to others good news, real good news from a place of connection and a place of empathy. And in that space between, God shows up and does amazing, immeasurable things more than we could ever hope, dream, or expect to glorify himself. Let me pray. So Lord, we ask for uh, your spirit to attend to us, and there's maybe thoughts lingering or scattered or very direct. So if we feel any weight, Lord, would you remind us that you are on the move, that you do the redeeming, that you do the calling, that you do the recreating, that's your work, it's not ours. Remind us that you're calling people by name in our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces. Remind us that it is your, it is your desire that none would perish apart from you. And that is good news. So I ask that you would grow our empathy as a church. I ask that your spirit would continue to shape us in the likeness of Jesus. That we'd be willing to utilize questions. That we would be able to listen with your heart. God, I pray that we would be a part of untruths being called out and people being set free from the bondage that's held them. And I pray, God, that you would loosen our tongues to speak good news, that as we reflect on our stories, that we would know that you are the epic hero and that we would serve and love others by sharing our stories with them. 
We thank you for calling us by name, by pursuing us. And we give you praise. And we ask that your kingdom would come. In Jesus' name, amen.